Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to the Daily Tribe Golden Nugget where we have one goal and that is to inspire you to succeed every single day. Today we are joined by Mubaraka Ibrahim. She is a health and fitness expert and businesswoman and she's appeared on Oprah and has been invited twice to the White House by Barack Obama. She is an author, a mother and a wife on top of all that and has changed so many lives of women, Muslim women especially. So I'm so excited to have her joining me today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm sure some of the listeners are like, what? You appeared on Oprah? How? When? Why? Can you just give us a little bit of a lowdown of how that came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, have been a fitness coach for 22 years, I think now. And when I first started coaching, I did in-home personal training. I did boot camp. I didn't have a physical location. And so in 2008, I think it was, (laughs) I opened up a, so my clientele began to expand and I was like, okay, now it's time for people to come to me. And I opened up a fitness studio. Well, if you are in the fitness business at all, you know, there is a very big difference that for having overhead and not having overhead, right? So it's a different marketing game when you got a rent to pay. Yes. (laughs) So I was actually, I had opened up my studio in March of 2008 and it was uh, the, it was October of 2008. And I'm trying to figure out like, how do I market myself? Not only am I in the fitness industry, but I'm Muslim, I'm a hijabi, I'm a female, right? So I can't just kind of like pop up in a bikini (laughs) or in some shorts and t-shirts showing a six pack saying, hey, let me work you out. You want this? You want this? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So as a hijabi, um, as a hijabi uh, fitness business women, you have to market completely differently. And so I was actually reading a book uh, about marketing fitness and the author in the book, he said, what makes you different? And don't tell me it's because you have this certification because they certify 100,000 people a year. Don't say it's because you have this degree because there are, you know, uh, half a million people with that degree. There's something about you has to be different. And so it was literally like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, how many personal trainers in the United States dress like this? Probably not many. I'm an interesting story. Uh, Oprah likes interesting stories. I think I'll tell her about myself. And so at the time she had the Oprah show and they literally had a page on her website that said, suggest a story. And I went to the page on her website and I typed in, I'm a 30 year old personal trainer in New Haven, Connecticut. And what makes me different is I'm an Orthodox Sunni Muslim and I dress in full Islamic garb. Most people want to know if I take my scarf off when I exercise, but to find that out, you have to have me on the show. Well, there you <laughs> and go. And I tongue and cheekly <laughs> And I tongue in cheekly uh, say they must wanted to know because they called me nine days later. Wow. (laughs) And that's actually how I ended up on this show. They called me and said that they were doing a show called 30 something in America and they were profiling uh, women throughout the United States in their 30s and what their life was like. Um, The interesting thing. So I have to let me give credit where credit is due. The way that show the Oprah show works is you, they were already on the topic and I have to give them complete credit for their um, attempt 
or their efforts towards diversity and inclusion because they were actually specifically looking for a Muslim woman. And so what the producer told me later was they knew they wanted women in a new woman mm-hmm. and they had reached out to Isma. They had reached mm-hmm. out to Aziza magazine. They had five other women before she, before they actually got to me. And they were at, she said the producers were sitting around and they were like, ah, this person does, is not exactly the fit for the show. This person isn't exactly the fit. And one of the, um, one of the staff members said, we actually got an email from a Muslim woman the other day and they pulled up my email and they were like, okay, let's call her. Yeah. (laughs) And so when they called me and talked to me, they wanted me on the show. So that's actually how I ended up on Oprah. Amazing. And I'm sure you inspired so many women, Muslim and non-Muslim alike when you. Yeah, it was definitely a wonderful opportunity to both be an inspiration and try make an attempt to be a representation to dispel mm. myths about muslim women mashallah well thank you thank you on behalf of of all muslim women across the world because you know we need more of that and it's so it's so amazing now that we can continue doing the work on social media and reaching out to people internationally and yeah well, like, let me let me just add on. just a, a yeah. quick little tidbit because people always ask this if you're interested in seeing the interview you can look inside of my um inside of my igtv on my instagram or inside of the highlighted videos on facebook and okay. the interview is there if you're Perfect. If anybody's interested in seeing no it. <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure they they will be mashallah um so one of the things that um obviously you focus a lot on weight loss and we think of it being calories in you know the calorie deficit basically you know less calories going in more calories going out and i think that's normally the direction where people go um why is that not as simple as it sounds or why is it why is weight loss not that simple So the calories in versus calories out is not really how we lose weight the most effectively and efficiently. And one of the reasons that is, is because every calorie is not the same. I often say that your body is not a bank. It's not like what you put in, you take out. Your body is like the stock market. The quality of what you put in everything is going to be worth something different. Mm. So your body is not going to d- interpret a hundred calories of a donut the same way it's going to interpret a hundred calories of broccoli. It's just, it, it, it just processes them and metabolize them very differently. And it affects your hormones on a very different level. When you look at weight loss as being calories in versus calories out, happens is don't account for the the effect of hormone the true um, difference really lies so if you are eating you know most of your calories from carbohydrates the weight loss will happen at a much slower rate and Mm -hmm. you'll have to go at a much deeper deficit almost into starvation in order to lose the weight because what carbohydrates do is it raises your insulin level. Your insulin is a hormone. Everybody has insulin, not just diabetics. And that insulin is a domino hormone and it's 
directly affected by food, sleep, and stress. So those are three areas which I focus on with clients mm -hmm. that has to be corrected in order for weight loss and weight maintenance after you lose the weight to, for it to actually be sustainable. And because those three areas directly affect insulin and insulin is a fat storage hormone. So every time your insulin level rises, your body stops burning fat and it says, hey, it is time to store fat. When mm -hmm. your insulin level lowers, your body actually triggers fat burning hormones like HGH, testosterone. Everybody has testosterone, not just men. Uh, we just don't have as much as men, but those are actually hormones that cause you to burn fat and build muscle. And so we don't want them high all day long, but we do want significant periods of our day when we're trying to lose weight for them to be high enough so that we can continuously burn fat. And that's one of the reasons, that's one reason why calories in versus calories out. The second reason is that when you don't look at the quality of the calories, it also affects your gut hormone. And that is an yeah. absolutely essential part that we often leave out. We know that certain gut hormones will actually allow you to hold on to calories and turn them into fat as opposed to burning them. They've seen this in research studies of twins where one is overweight and one is at a healthy weight. And they actually looked at their gut hormone and they found that they actually had different hormones in their gut. Certain gut hormones actually take the exact same calories and turn them into fat instead of burning them. Mm -hmm. So when you think weight loss is just as simply as, hey, I can eat you know, potato chips, I'm just going to eat a half a bag or I'm just going to eat the baked ones, right? <laughs> when it turns into that type of numbers game, it's, it's never long-term or sustainable and it's not really the healthiest way for you to lose weight. Yeah, that's that it. That was a long like, answer. No, no, but it's perfect. It's perfect because we have to have a, we need a good understanding of how our bodies work and not just think, you know, I can, I can eat this. It's actually about the overall, your overall health as well. It's not just about losing weight quickly it's about losing weight and also looking after your whole body I mean weight loss um, shouldn't just be like the only reason that you're going to eat healthily you want to eat healthily for loads of things and it's really important that you mention that losing weight is not a guaranteed path to better health losing yeah. weight is not a guaranteed path to better health there's yeah. so many other considerations we have to make yeah absolutely and even if you know I'm quite a slim built person but it doesn't mean that my health is perfect either right. yeah right, mashallah right. and one of the things that um you speak about a lot as well and you know i think most of society has this drug addiction even as muslims is sugar yes. um sugar um has been actually detrimental to my health as a teenager like we were never allowed sweets as kids that was like the haramest thing you could even think of <laughs> um and actually i'll tell you a quick little story my sisters were caught well they saw my dad drive past on the way back from school one day and they had sweets in their hands they chucked them in the bush they didn't even hide them in their bag they just went no out and they were so terrified that he was going to catch them not with a cigarette not with a, a boy with, with a packet right. of sweets <laughs> but um and so you know you you de you demonstrate on your instagram like how much sugar is in like a you know, Frappuccino from Starbucks and mm -hmm. all these things. Um, why, why are people so addicted to sugar? Like, what is it about sugar that just 
sugar creates tough. both a physiological addiction and like a mental addiction literally within our brain sugar when we ingest sugar it actually creates dopamine um, which is really similar to the effect of actually taking drugs and so it becomes an addiction on literally a physiological level in our brain the problem is so most people will say, well, sugar is a naturally occurring thing, right? It's in honey, it's in fruit. Um, how could that be bad for us? The reason it becomes bad for us is not the fact that it exists, it's the fact that we consume so much of it, even without knowing. So one of the video, one of my reels where I showed how many teaspoons of sugar is inside of drinks was just an example of ways in which we take in sugar that we're completely unaware of using ketchup using yeah. salad dressings, using tomato sauce. I remember once I posted um, that there is, I believe two teaspoons of tomatoes, of, of sugar inside of tomato sauce, not tomato sauce, I'm sorry, pasta sauce. Mm -hmm. And somebody comment, well, that's not bad for an entire bottle. I said, that would not be bad for an entire bottle, except for that's in one serving, which is a quarter cup. <laughs> It's wow. literally a quarter cup of the pasta sauce. So that is what you are putting on your plate. But people will say, well, you know, I don't eat a lot of sugar because I don't eat candy bars or I don't eat donuts. But when you actually look at the amount of sugar in just everyday things, right? We're told, oh, eat yogurt. Yogurt is healthy. It's low in fat. And in fact, we're going to put some probiotics in it. And it's going to be good for your gut health, which is really misleading because one of the side effects of sugar is that it disrupts your gut health. Mm -hmm. So when you're eating certain brands that have probiotics, but it also has 30 grams of sugar added to it, it really becomes null and void. The probiotics become null and void because mm -hmm. you're adding probiotics at the same time that you're killing probiotics with sugar. So that's one of the detriments of sugar. Um, it disrupts gut health. So when you're talking about disrupting gut health, as we mentioned earlier, you're talking that it is actually going to affect the way that you lose weight, not because of the calories. So people will say, well, maybe if I only have just a little bit, it's not even just because of the calories, because one it's disrupting your gut health. Mm -hmm. The second thing, you know, in the world, the COVID world that we live in, we're all concerned about keeping our immune system up nice yeah. and high so that we can combat our illness combat COVID. Research shows that sugar actually competes for the space for vitamin C inside of your blood. So it literally, think of it as a lock and key. Vitamin C has a specific place that it goes in order for it to help your immune system. Sugar take, the sugar molecules literally take up that space. So even if you're having vitamin C, it's actually can't get into your body. That's a second effect of sugar. The third effect, which is really interesting, and I just actually uh, looked up some research and heard a couple of research lectures on this a couple of weeks ago, is when they're looking at COVID and they have been doing a lot of research around vitamin D, uh -huh and its effect on both contracting COVID, how ill you get with COVID and the mortality of COVID. And they found that um, as much as 80% of people who actually 
uh, were hospitalized, meaning they got sick enough to be hospitalized, were vitamin D deficient. Yeah. Vitamin D has been shown to be a really essential nutrient when it comes to both preventing, treating, and using uh, and um, the mortality risk of COVID. And sugar destroys vitamin D in your system. So those are three really important reasons why we should be trying to eliminate as much sugar as possible from our diets, because it is going to affect not just your metabolism, but also your immune system. And on a practical level, what we all, which we already know is before COVID happened, every time you ingest sugar, it's pushing your insulin level up. When your insulin level is up, that means that your body is in fat storage mode. So that's another reason mm-hmm. why we have four really important reasons for people who are interested in managing their weight as well as improving their health of mm-hmm. why we need to eliminate sugar. So that's why it's a huge focus on the things that I share yeah. on social media and what I get my clients to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like my father was diagnosed with cancer like about three and a half years ago. And mm-hmm. mashallah, he's doing really, really well. Went straight on keto. Yeah. Well, fasted first for five days, did Happy. keto. Um, but it just reminds me, you know, like when I was little, when we had colds and stuff, mum wouldn't, like many people do, would drink lots of orange juice. And that was not like the way, you know, my mum taught us. Um, because obviously like orange juice is, you know, a, quite <laughs> a lot of sugar to like, just for the vitamin C sort of aspect of it. Um, so if we are well, you know, yes. <laughs> if we are a bit coldy or you know our immune system's low, what is the best way of getting vitamin C into our bodies? The best way for getting vitamin C into your body is actually greens. Greens are chock full of vitamin C, spinach, kale, collards, right? We're used to saying, hey, just eat oranges, eat oranges, lemons, right? What I recommend is that, especially if you are trying to manage your weight in particular, trying to manage your insulin level, you can get every single nutrient that's inside of a fruit, you can get it in a vegetable Mm -hmm. with less sugar. And so I always tell people, so my personal like advocate uh, thing that I advocate is we need to stop putting fruits and vegetables together inside of the same category. It's okay. fruits and then there's vegetables, right? Different and different appropriations the particular goal is, right? Yeah. We have so many nutrients inside of vegetables, right? Yeah. So not that you should never, ever touch a fruit and know what your goal is, but Vegetables have a huge array of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and it has antioxidants, right? I am a huge proponent of greens. I love leafy greens, every kind. They are greens are especially the cooked ones. Oh, let me let me definitely make a difference. Cooked greens, not lettuce not Mm -hmm. iceberg, not red leaf lettuce, cooked green. If it's green, it's leafy and you can cook it. I guarantee it is chock full of nutrients, including iron, vitamin C, vitamin K, vitamin A, leafy greens. Also two things like garlic and onions, absolutely important when it comes to um, boosting the immune system, right? Mm -hmm. Full of antioxidants, full of nutrients that are, that has been specifically shown to boost your, your um, immune system. All of those things are really, really important. I do not, I am an anti-juicer, I have to say. 
Some people get mad at me, but I, juicing, having the juice of any fruit or vegetable is not a natural way of consuming it. Like we, there's nowhere in nature where people, where nature takes 10 oranges and mm -hmm. consume it within 10 seconds, right? Yeah. Oranges, even if you're eating them, they are meant to be consumed with all of the fiber. And one of the reasons for that is when people talk about juicing, they say, well, I'm going to get 10 times the nutrients, yeah. but you're also getting 10 times the sugar. Yeah. And that's not the way nature intended for you to consume it. So mm -hmm. you'll often hear me say, eat whole foods whole. We want to start someplace, eat whole foods whole. I don't want to give you a smoothie recipe. I don't want to give you a juicing recipe. I want you to eat whole foods whole. Yeah. And you mentioned before about how, you know, if you've got those leafy greens, if you've got those, you know, the kales, the spinaches, like, and have them cooked. And um, we have mentioned before um, on another podcast about how, um, you know, in different seasons, it's better to eat cooked foods and not so much raw, but obviously like raw diets were really in fashion, like, you know, not too long ago. Why, why should we cook them? So every, every food is actually a little bit different, right? So cooking versus raw, it's about eating with intention. So mm -hmm. the example that I like to use for this is tomatoes, right? So when it comes to tomatoes, it is really important to eat them with intention, meaning what are the benefits that you're looking for? And that's with every food because it can have one benefit in its raw state and the very same mm. food have a completely different benefit in its cooked state. So before you do something as, and I consider a raw diet an extreme diet, right? Yeah. Before you do something as extreme as a raw diet, it's really important that you do your research and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? and whether or not that's really the best benefit for you. That's, that is so important when we talk about like taking different diet methodologies is what I consider them, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of different ways in which people can adopt as eating methodologies, but it's really important that you do your research and not follow it because it's a trend on social media. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I focus on ketogenic eating and one of the main things about my form of coaching is that I want to educate, right? I don't just give people a diet and exercise plan and say, Hey, go do it. One of the, the, the drawbacks, I would say the, the, um, drawbacks that people have expressed is that they get access to the program and they're like, wow, this is just so much information. I'm a little overwhelmed. And so that's why I coach people through it because I want you to understand every aspect of what I'm going to tell you to eat this way, but this is how it's going to affect your body. This is what it's going to do. You need to understand how food affects your physiology. That's the approach that I come from, not just from what I do. And I, it's no matter what program you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? Um, how is it actually affecting me? Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, we, we've spoken in our program so far and obviously like at Modest Fitness Week as well about nutrition and whether it's when you're in the time of the month or, you know, for weight loss, like we've been speaking about today or, and also looking at alternatives for things that people find hard to sort of let go of. Um, but we also try to give a huge importance and highlight the 
importance of having a, a good mindset or um, being mindful mm -hmm. about um, this journey and being, you know, positive. Um, how, how important is mindset through this journey of weight loss and optimizing your health? When it comes to mindset, it's probably the linchpin that is going to determine whether or not somebody loses weight temporarily or whether or not they're able to sustain it, right? I always say anybody can do anything for 21 days, right? But what is, what's going to happen on a 210th day? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still going to be able to, to sustain that? Mindset is really important. And when it comes comes to weight loss, I think one of the most important things is to really know why and really map out your clear path to doing it. I believe in understanding the step-by-step -step approach, right? We know we're going to build a wall, but we have to understand that we got to get through 20 bricks in order mm -hmm. to finish this section. So even on the days where you don't, for lack of a better term, you don't feel like picking up the brick, you know, okay, I got to pick this up today because in 20 days or 40 days, this is how much we need to complete. It's a project like every other project, right? You put one step in at a time. You do one thing at a time. So the end result is the completion of the project and you are your greatest project that you'll ever work on. Oh, Allah, that's beautiful. That's really, really good. Because, you know, I, I, I really like the fact that we're not like a boot camp or um, we're really about helping people fall in love with exercise um, and really fall in love with that project that you want to go on becoming that better version of yourself and it's it's really interesting to hear from someone that run you know you run so many incredibly weight loss, weight loss programs you can see the 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 you know the incredible effects it's having on your clients of how much they've lost and how incredibly healthy and glowing they look um, so would you say that you focus mainly on the nutritional angle or um, do you, you do that sort of like 80, 20 or 70, 30 sort of aspect with the fitness? So for, so it depends on which program and what your goal is. <laughs> yeah. So I don't believe in separating nutrition and fitness. I think that they are both just as important. So here is the really interesting thing and why it, it, it matters what someone's particular goal is. When it comes to weight loss, I would say if a person says, I can either do the nutrition or do the fitness in order to lose weight, I can't do both, which nobody says that. That's not true. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> then nutrition is probably really important for you to start there. But if you need to lose 30 or more pounds and you need to make a lifestyle change and you tell me the same thing, I can't do both. I need to do either exercise or nutrition. I will tell you to start with exercise, mm -hmm. start with moving. The reason why is because even though you may get quicker results doing the nutrition, you're going to get long-term results doing the exercise because exercise is what we call a snowball habit. So when we look at research, so the research studies they've done around movement, they find that when people begin to move, they 
automatically start adopting other healthy habits. So one research study that I often quote actually looked at people who smoked cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they took one group of people and they told them, we just want to want you to tell us how many cigarettes you smoke a day. And then in four months, we're going to bring you back and you're just going to tell us how many cigarettes you smoke a day. Okay, that's your control group. Then they took another group of cigarette smokers and they told them, can you walk three times a day, three times a week for 30 minutes and tell us how many cigarettes you smoke. Mm -hmm. So that group was the group they were monitoring their cigarette smoking, but didn't tell the group that they were monitoring their cigarette smoking. They told them, we want to see if you can consistently walk three times a week. What they found at the end of the study was the group that they told to walk just about the entire group either quit smoking or significantly reduced their smoking. Wow. They redid the study using how much vegetables people eat, looking at how much water people drink, and the same result happens over and over. When you get people to move, they automatically start adopting other healthy habits. So exercise is a snowball habit. In other words, if you run a 5K, you'll probably eat more vegetables. (laughs) But eating more vegetables is not going to make you want to run a 5K. (laughs) And I think it's it's incredible, isn't it? Because when I did the Meet Her Challenge, I've not come from a fitness background, didn't do a whole lot of fitness pretty much since school. Um, I felt so incredible, felt more positive, felt happier. I felt more um positive about my body I was surprised how much it was capable of and then it's like I didn't fancy going have you know an unhealthy dinner like I kind of was like well now I've like done all this good for my body I want to continue in the kitchen um so yeah and I feel like that was like an absolute perfect place to um to wrap it up for today and I'm just so grateful that um you've come on and talked spoken with us today I'm sure all the girls listening have got as much value out of this podcast as I have. Um, and I'd just love to give the opportunity to let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and um, yeah, where they can find you. Excellent. Yes. So I am Fit Muslima on all platforms and I spell it with Best handle H-S-S-S-S-S-S. ever, by the way. <laughs> F-I-T-M-U-S-L-I-M-A-H. I am Fit Muslima on Facebook, on Instagram. Those are my two main platforms, but I also have TikTok and Snapchat mm-hmm. and Twitter and it's Fit Muslima everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you so much. And people can follow me there. They have a question, you can message me there if you want to know any about about any of my programs i have links on all of my bios um but thank you so much i love what you're doing i think getting women to move particularly muslim women is absolutely essential and it is certainly a trend when i first started in this journey you know it was i was the weird one right (laughs) i was like oh here's mubarak again inviting us to go for a walk (laughs) (laughs) so i am loving to see the transition of our community our ummah worldwide of muslim women being more focused on their health and for us it really is about health more than about looks and that is really absolutely essential because 
we will be answered. Allah will not just ask us about our deeds. He will also ask us how we cared for our body. And so this is actually a part of our deen to care for our body. So alhamdulillah, may Allah reward you and all of the efforts and may he assist everyone in your group in achieving their goal in there and may it bring them closer to Allah, inshallah. Ameen, 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 ameen. Thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking to you really soon. Inshallah. <laughs> so I hope you got as much value out of today's golden nugget as I did. Remember, we are here to inspire you to succeed every single day. So be sure to tune in daily, whether you're in bed, driving in the car or relaxing after your workout. Listen to these amazing women in our community who are absolutely smashing it. Be inspired, learn from them, make those connections, build momentum to succeed in everything that you do. And most of all, have fun whilst you're doing it, because that's what it's all about. And I'll see you all tomorrow.